yeah. Still gotta keep the work together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta... Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we up in the house for episode 153. Welcome back, everyone. Yeah, yeah, welcome back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, we'll just jump right on into it. Uh, you been uh, getting into anything interesting this week? Yeah, I caught, um, what's the name of that shit? Uh, Starship Troopers, the Trader of Mars, the, the oh. 3D animated movie. I haven't seen that. Is that yeah. new? Nah, nah, it's from 2017. It's on Netflix. I okay. don't know when it showed up on Netflix, but apparently it's from 2017. I'm about to go search but that shit. <laughs> it was pretty dope, man. It was it was like, it was so nostalgic to me, man, because it was like, it reminded me of like the the old war movies, but mm. it's like, the, the it's had that sort of B-movie feel to it that was really, oh, yeah. really appreciated, man. And I sort well, of like sorely missed because... You don't really get a lot of those hyper macho superheroes anymore mm. unless they're ironically done. You know what I'm saying? It's not it's not super it's not cool anymore to be like well, super macho certain, like that. There's a there's a certain amount of commentary into even the characters in in there because uh because I'm a big fan of the uh, Star Starship Troopers uh universe that was created and the guy who directed it uh and actually the guy who created the uh the the the, the whole lore of it. Uh, he has a lot of really intelligent commentary about all of those characters that are in there. And so, yeah, I'm a huge fan. I forget. I can't off the top of my head remember what his name is. But, uh, yeah, he's done a bunch of other shows, too, uh, movies as well, that have been pretty heavy on the commentary. Actually, it's it's funny because I think he also did, like, Showgirls. So, like... Yeah, we talked about it last time um, we mentioned him. Or, yeah. Uh, I don't remember what we were talking about, but we came up and we spoke about him last time. Oh, man, yeah, but uh, definitely he's always worth uh, delving into the philosophical concepts behind the characters that he creates. But, yeah, I'm going to look. I'm gonna check that out because I'm a huge fan of the world that they created. Paul Verhoeven. Paul Verhoeven, yes, yes. And, you know, because he did RoboCop as well. He also did RoboCop. Yeah, he's a lot of. He's had a pretty significant mark. Oh on yeah, Pop you know what I mean, and that's, that's what I'm saying. And so that's that that B movie feel he actually created. That's his style, which I which I really appreciate because he's managed to create this this B movie style that's hugely entertaining, all while having movies that have some depth to them in terms of concept. Yeah, that shit was fun, man. I I liked it. It was like um. It was, it was, it was a. I think it's a continuation of a of another animated movie they, they ha- that they have called Invasion. Okay. And this one, Johnny Rico gets stationed on Mars, and he's like, and he has to train these. Um, he's got to train these uh, Martian-born soldiers that are like, they're basically they're basically born in peacetime, so they're they're terrible soldiers. They're like, dude, why do we even need to practice for the war? Oh, Come Jesus. on, you know, Come nothing on, ever happens man. type shit. And so when shit hits the fan. You know what I'm saying? They gotta grab their nuts and is that and how it is in the better. military? Or a lot of the 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 grunts, the the infantrymen, just like completely oblivious to the dangers that they're walking into? Absolutely not. No. I, that's okay. Thank you. That would be, that would frighten the living shit out of me. Absolutely because not. That's how this very frequently portrayed. Like, isn't that a pretty common trope? I see that a lot. I mean, you can lie to yourself all you like, but um, when I don't... went in there, our drill sergeants were pretty pretty explicit. You joined after nine eleven. If you you are most likely getting deployed. You feel like me? It doesn't matter what your job is. You're going to get shot at. Bullets kill people. It's deployed. dangerous. 
don't go in here thinking, ha ha ha, why are we training? Yeah. We're training you because you're going yeah, to go into I mean, some place dangerous. <laughs> You know, people generally only join the military for a few reasons. You know, what I'm yeah. Saying? I'm glad that that's a uh, a Hollywood fallacy that's portrayed because boy, that would that that would not breed confidence in your military. If, right. If that's the usually there to that. specifically make the, the the soldier unit look fucking unreliable. Yeah. You know, man. But that's generally so- speaking, that's something that you're. Either your squad leader or your fucking section sergeant or your first sergeant. Somebody, there's lots of people in your unit designed to handle those sort of morale issues long before it hits the front line. Uh, okay, so it's handles a morale issue when people don't take the war seriously. Got it. That makes sense. I mean, that's... Obviously, I've never been in a military setting to have to have that addressed. Pretty much. You, I, I, I've never been in a, a combat situation that I wasn't already passionately tied to. So, I don't... You don't need to be... Your morale's there when you're when you're involved in the situation, but yeah, if you put a gun in my hand and say, "Hey, go over there and shoot people," yeah, you might have some morale issues with me. I mean, yeah, I can I can see that, you know, because a lot of people might join a support job thinking that, "Hey, I'm good, I'm doing support," but you know, support gets deployed too. Yep, yep. Did you catch Loki, Loki this week? Yes, I did. Oh man, okay. It was lit. I thought it was very interesting. It was lit. So, so, so the buzz on the internet is that the um. That the the so there's gonna be spoilers and I'll give everyone a, a heads up when we're talking about Loki. We're just gonna talk about it. So that's your warning. Um. So the the buzz is is that the the female Loki that that was real at the end had very heavy resemblances to the Enchantress. Yep. Based in her powers and her uh yep. her depiction, which would make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Which would make a lot of sense. I mean, like whoever reported back to them was under her <clears throat> influence, and she told them to tell them that it was Loki. Get Loki in trouble. Get the heat off you, you know. But no, nah, not not really. That's that's a, I think that's a bait and switch for the audience, not for the in world people, right? Because okay. it doesn't really matter. It, and remember, they said they're going off of his aura, and it showed that it was Loki. So it's not like she would have been able to hide mm. in that way. And the daggers they were using forensic evidence to determine mm-hmm. it was Loki. So, I mean, I think. I, I really the first my first clue was when he specifically said like after she transferred after the dude who was buying the the flowers the dude who was gardening shopping in the hurricane oh yeah when he transferred the power Loki specifically said oh so you can move your enchantment from person to person and I was like that is not the first word that I would use to describe a mind controlled effect and and I think that they particularly established earlier on that Loki is very knowledgeable about these powers yes, that's, and the, that's specifically why that first scene and, was there why he yeah, was, he and was what they're doing calling up the differences and that when you describe them the words you use are very yes. important because they're all very different me? so okay. that was the first clue that jumped out at me the second clue was that Loki was blonde like I'm when she first took her hood off something about her like made my brain twitch and I didn't realize it until at the end, end of the episode and I was just like that's weird. Why would Loki be blonde? It just, it just, it's something Loki, about the characterization just stood out to me, right? Well, the the characterization of Loki is purposely that he is somewhat androgynous. And so you assume that the female Loki would look very similar to the male Loki. That's like kind of the thing. That's how they, there's an underthread there. You know what I mean? The I mean, long not black even hair. That. Is kind I of meant part sort of, of like in comparison to sort of like how his design is, not only in the comic, mm-hmm. but also sort of like. How his contrast to Thor is in in his um, MCU design. Okay. Like, it's, I don't know, something about the character, you know what I mean? 
it basically I felt like they were doing it intentionally. There was something that it was meant to stand out, essentially. Same with the visual language of when she was using her powers. There was a point in time where she was just standing and her hands were glowing green while she was just standing there. She wasn't really using I her think powers. That there's and I was another like, Loki somewhere in the midst, and this is the enchantress, and this is not the person that they're looking for. That's, that's how I feel. I think that there is a Loki. And I think that right now what we're building is is the reason why Loki is so proficient at at dealing with the TVA is because this is the Loki that's traveling back in time. The Loki that's going forward through this timeline is the one who ends up becoming the Loki that ends up going back. And so that's why he's so knowledgeable about the way that that they're that they're uh, that they're operating is because, oh, yeah, you guys taught him how you operate. You showed him. You literally showed him. You know, you, you brought him on. You've created the time loop that created the bad guy that you guys are now chasing. I don't see them. I don't see them going that route. You know, like I, I do. And see, so, yeah, it's just completely conjecture, by the way. I, I, I feel like yeah. um, I feel That's like theory it's going to be some sort of I know she I, I feel like she has some sort of connection to both. I feel like she is enchantments, but she has a connection to Loki. That's what I. Oh yeah, think yeah, yeah. Is. Like I, I definitely believe that she has some connection to him. Like they're working in cahoots. The, yeah, the that's, Loki that's moving that's through what time. I'm thinking. Also, I thought that that was an interesting uh, way to 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 so the the the, the time variance authority tracks the the variance through the ripples in time that they create. And so one way the uh, one way that the Loki who is messing with the timeline uh, is evading them is by always ending up uh by hiding in the apocalypse yeah hiding in a time in uh, a point in time in which everyone is going to be wiped out so that nothing that he does make a difference and so he can go back there to retreat after altering a timeline and they won't be able to see him because he won't make any ripples because that's how they're that's how they're tracking and so yeah i thought that was an interesting twist i was like all right that kind of works you know that based on your based on your your marvel physics yes that works (laughs) i suppose (laughs) But yeah, I like how they're delving a little bit deeper into like, so what do you mean you just like destroy all the timelines? Like, there's a lot of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is that just how do you guys reset this? Like, is that it thing that thing deletes the timeline? And then the what they're doing is they're trying to prevent phrase from happening because the phrase mm-hmm. lead to that terminal event, right? Mm-hmm. So when a ripple happens, they just go back and if they can't find the source, they delete that whole timeline. Yeah, and and so Loki's inquiring deeper into that. Yeah, and so that that kind of is what leads me, especially the kind of uh, neutral neutral uh, entity that the TVA is representing themselves as. Loki seems to have an issue with them. I don't think he likes their meddling in the timeline. I mean, I don't think Loki cares about. I don't think he cares about them meddling in the timeline. I think Loki's primary goal right now is freedom and purpose, right? Exactly, and he sees them as an infringement on his freedom. Like he yeah, can't go yeah, do but I don't think it's because of the timeline specifically. It's just because they're not allowing him to do what he wants to do. Absolutely, I think he sees the very existence of the sacred timeline as an impingement on his freedom. Like if you're going to try to say that Pretty I have much. to adhere to this, and this is an impingement <laughs> on my freedom, I don't fuck with this. I Pretty think that that's much. what, and them as the guardians of that, ipso facto, they are his enemies. And he's but also he's trying to um, trying to avoid that getting killed by Thanos thing. Feel me? I think he's he's trying to he's find going a to way evade that fate. Yeah, yes. he's trying to find some way around that. Now and that he that knows is the that sacred timeline, then the sacred timeline is my enemy now. Feel me? I do like that man. Look, he look, he's the shit. He's figuring shit out. Yeah, and and I like the way it's developing. Um, 
Uh, Mobius's character, him getting all frustrated with Loki. Like, I'm, you know, you have one more chance. Like, ah, fuck out of here, dude, Mobius. What are you going to do? You're the one who took me off the timeline, bro. <laughs> like, Man. I didn't have to be here. <laughs> if anything, you're just going to look worse by sending me home without getting any results. So let's work together. I'm clearly here trying to do something. I mean, <laughs> you know, you don't know what I'm like, trying to do, It's not like Loki was being, like, helpful about it. Like, what? he was literally he stalling for time the first time he took him into the field. Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> but this second episode, Loki seemed to be putting forth some initiative. That was the second episode where he went out into the field and he stalled them. That was the beginning of the second episode. Yeah, but then he went in to uh, explain to them where Loki's, or where where the quote-unquote superior Loki is hiding. Yeah, yeah. He helped them so, find yeah, him at the end, for sure. Them. So that You know, it's a contribution. I don't see. I, but I don't that was that was afterwards, though. That was after that particular uh, uh, row that those two had, and then after they solved that, then they went out into the field, and he actually helped them captain captain of the Loki. Yeah, I understand that, but he he had been contributing. All I'm saying is, is that between the time in which Mobius had had expressed the frustration with Loki, he had been been at least angling towards helping him. He hadn't been completely recalcitrant. I get it, but, you know, he was so still being like, a child about it, so I can see why Mobius was being getting upset. You feel me? It's not like he was... <laughs> he was being a fucking dick the whole time. You feel me? He was because, being a petulant kid. Because in the the beginning of the episode is when uh, Loki showed him the apple thing, and he ruined his lunch. <laughs> ruined that nigga's lunch. But he explained the concept to him. So So from that point... I, w- I would I would say okay Loki, you're angling towards the right now. You, I would never trust Loki. Like you're just doing yourself a disservice if you're gonna outright trust Loki. But if he's angling that way, I don't know. I think Mobius also I think Mobius is also manipulating Loki. True. true. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't he, think ever, I don't think all of his interactions towards Loki are genuine in the way he's presenting them to Loki. And that was I I and I completely agree with you because. I, when I was looking at him as he was getting frustrated, it seemed manipulative. It just seemed out of character, and I was like, oh, "Okay, maybe he's trying to get a, a response out of Loki." So yeah. you're you're right, you're right. I did actually get a little bit for that as well. But yeah, the episode was cool. You know, I like where it's going. I, I I'm interested to see where it ends up. I hope they stick the landing on this. Um, there's definitely you know area for wobble. There's, area there's for always wobble. area for wobble in the multiverse. Yeah, the multiverse is a tumultuous topic in general. I, what's really funny is I honestly, uh, usually it is anyway, like usually the multiverse is usually a, a, a commentary for the state of the actual industry that the multiverse is happening in, Okay. right? Like okay. very often they use the, those things to consolidate the actual timeline because writers are writing too many crazy stories and it's hard to keep track of. So they usually be like, you know, or, or, um, uh, uh, try they, that's the, their way of cleaning up the timeline is yeah. usually have multiverse stories. And made the best timeline and most favorite characters of each of those, made most favorite versions of each of those characters win. So I'm, I'm really, really, really curious to see how they do this one. I mean, I remember the first time um, uh, uh, at the end of Spider-Man, the second Spider-Man movie, where they revealed that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. I, instantly, I was like, they have to do multiverse because 616 Peter Parker is 616 Spider-Man, his I secret... His secret identity is Peter Parker. Yeah, like he if persists, his secret identity ever comes out, something happens in that universe reverts it back to where they don't know his secret identity. Yeah. That becomes a different character if they know he's he's Peter Parker. So that instantly made me think that 
Like they're literally in the going Ultimate somewhere. Universe, they they had to split it off into Miles Morales yep, and Peter Parker. They had to make another Spider Man because once they revealed him, they had to kill him. Feel me? And I think even even um I can't even remember if Superior Spider Man when he was controlled by Octopus. I think he might have been some people might have known him, but but nah, it wasn't public knowledge for sure. Yeah, see? Yeah. So it's I don't I'm yeah, I'm just yeah, excited to see where they go with the multiverse and the sure. MCU, man. That should be crazy. I don't, they also said there's going to be some crazy cameos, so I, I can't. An, when's the next Spider Man coming out? Speaking of which, isn't there another Spider Man MCU movie coming out relatively? Yeah, I thought it was months? December this year. December, okay, I think you're right. It's either November or December. No, November is Eternals, I believe. Um. Oh, Black Widow is coming up very soon. Yo, that fucking Taskmaster was out of control. I am absolutely looking forward to Black Widow. I think that they know that they have a very high bar to set with a non galactic MCU movie. And they're like, mm, we're going to go ahead and let y'all know that. Don't worry. All of the yeah. movies will be fun. I think I think they have a ton of faith in, in, in Black Widow. For sure. Oh, because I mean, Scarlett Johansson's going to stick the it? landing if you, guys give her, if you guys give her the material. For I sure. Mean, if they didn't have faith in it, they would have dropped it ages ago. You Agreed. feel me? Because like that movie was supposed to come out like maybe two or three weeks before COVID hit. And Disney was like, we will absolutely not release that movie until the theaters are open fully and we can fully capitalize. No, man. What, We're not even going to do the Mulan shit and release it online. Nope. Thank goodness. We are going straight to the theaters with this. And I like that shows me that they really, really believe in that product. And that's so rare, I'm super man. Exciting. That's super rare. That. Yeah. Yeah, to see that, to see even the studio and everyone rally behind it to get it into the physical release like that, yeah, yeah. it does say a lot. Because there are men, even even something like Tenet, you feel me, big ass Christopher I mean, yeah, Nolan. Big, oh yeah, no, they, they, they had put to some, force that through. You know what I mean? They they, they put a he, bunch they of shit on wait. HBO Max against the wishes of the directors and people who are who are on it. You feel me? So it's it's crazy that Marvel was like, nope. When it's time, you will know. <laughs> That's what's up. So you so you uh, watch anything else? Uh, I think that was it. I've just been. Um, I think there may have been something else, but I can't really remember. I think that was just the 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 the, the trader on Mars joint. That shit was kind of dope. The only thing I didn't. There was the only thing. I guess it's been a long time since I've seen the other animated movie, but there was one dude that had fucking like Professor X powers and. Oh, that's they his homeboy from the original shit. movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That nigga's been working on his psychic powers for a long time. You feel me? So I guess it's just a disconnect that I just remember that. Because it's just like, so everybody in this universe is normal, but I have yeah, telepathic no, no, that, powers. It's crazy. Every <laughs> single iteration of Starship Troopers, he has progressed in mental abilities, for sure. To no, the point where funny. he's controlling shit on other planets at one yeah, point. Yeah, pretty much. Out of control. Pretty good. Pretty dope, but it's fine. I did, um, I did catch a, an anime called uh, Record of Ragnarok. Yeah, I've heard about it. There's been some buzz on that. Bro, it's a manga, and so the and the manga is ongoing, and it's uh, an anime that's based off of that, uh, produced by Netflix, and I gotta say, it was very, very entertaining. True. It was, uh, the, the best description I can give it is uh, uh, Fate Series meets Grappler Baki. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that'll, if you take... Uh, mythical uh, figures in history played up with magical powers and abilities uh, crossed with arena fighting with over-the-top backstory exposition mixed in. Pretty much. That's, that, that's it. And it does it very well. I mean, 
It took they took three fights and stretched it over twelve episodes. <laughs> so if that gives you a feel That's for funny. how it goes, you know what I mean. But um, dramatic, I love the setup. Uh, so I I one a YouTube I fan uh a, a YouTube channel that I like to um frequent is called Key Issues. And it talks about comic. Uh, it talks about graphic novel stuff that's recently been adapted into a visual cinematic medium. So whether it's a graphic novel to a movie or a comic to a TV series or anything of that nature, he'll cover the backstory of it to give you information. And so I started watching this, and uh, uh, the episode, the first episode he put out on this this show, and halfway through I had to stop it and just go watch the show. I was like, get <laughs> no way, because like they were like when they, so pretty much. The way it works is is that it's a it's it's a reimagining of the world's mythologies, all kind of mashed into one and reimagined. And so Ragnarok in this world is a clause in the celestial constitution in which every thousand years after man was made, they they vote to dis- decide whether to continue the project of men uh, or to destroy them. And Ragnarok is just a clause in which. Uh, the uh, uh, the forces of men could challenge their destruction by the gods in one-on-one combat in a tournament with 13 warriors on each side, first to seven victories, wins the tournament. And oh, it's just a clause. And the gods put it in there purely out of, like, fancy because they were like... <laughs> Mortals could never ever match. It's like thirteen gods versus thirteen men. It wouldn't. It would never even it's be easy. It's feasibly, it's feasibly possible. It's so it was just a funny clause in the side that no one expected. So evidently, the Valkyries, who've been shepherding souls of men for thousands of years, uh, grew an affinity for them. And so one uh, election, they decide they're gonna. This is all the first episode, mind you. The first like ten minutes of the first episode. I'm not even going that deep. <laughs> But uh, they decide to vote to to destroy men because they're destroying the world. And so the Valkyrie enacts Ragnarok. And they were like, what? No way, you stupid bitch. You can't, you can't bring Ragnarok in here. Yo, we got Zeus, Odin, Loki, big dogs, Poseidon. Poseidon. <laughs> what, was, what was that, T-Pain who did that? That shit was funny. But um, yeah, so they were like, yo, Brunhilde, you tripping, dog. And she's like, don't worry. We got this. So that evidently, Brunhilde was waiting for the right moment over the centuries in which she had 13 Valkyries who which would be willing to give up their lives to become these sacred weapons for their Iron Harriar. So That's she gets the cool. 13 people, the 13 recruits throughout the history of man, and then she gets her 13, her 12 other sisters to give up their life to become their weapons so that they can fight the gods. Boom. Fresh. Yeah, it's Fresh. Cool. Yo. Very well represented. And so when they so they start going down the lineup and they're like, yo, 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 they got Adam, the first man. I was like, no way. <laughs> Bare knuckle specialist. I was like, okay, you got my attention. <laughs> they got Jack the Ripper. I'm like, okay, what? what? That's a classic. That's an anime classic right Lou there. Lu Boo, Chinese. I was like, yo, Another my nigga. Another classic. But then, of course, they had, the, when they, they had to choose Japanese swordsmen because... Several Japanese swordsmen had to make it into the 13, of course. But they chose one, um, uh, I think his name was um, Sakashi. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember his name exactly, but he was the rival to Musashi, but he was known as the most famous loser <laughs> of, all, of every swordsman. You but, fuck everybody for that, bro. bro. Fuck everybody for that. Bro. 
None of y'all can't see him in a sword fight except for Masashi. Bro. Yo, call my nigga the most famous loser. Fuck y'all. My nigga. Disrespectful. And, and my nigga, just check this out, though. And this is how over the top they were. When, when they announced him, of course, they have the spirits of all their homeboys in the background in the stands because Heimdall is the hype man announcing the fight <laughs> and everything. And so every whenever a fighter comes in, his you know spirits of his people who fuck with him are in the stands. Yeah. So... Check, tell me why Musashi's in the in the stands with his little squire dude who got the the. How can you say that this man is the greatest swordsman ever? And you got Musashi right here, one who wrote the Five Rings. And this nigga draws his sword, and Musashi turns around and destroys the fucking scrolls and says, "I have nothing. Do you not see this man? Like yo, the nigga's sword draw was that epic, son. But yo, that shit was hilarious. They, they really did a great job of just like the fanfare, over the top, crazy shit. But um. Yeah, like, it was a very, it's a really interesting show. I don't want to spoil everything. It's really worth watching. The backstories of all the, the heroes are, are really good. Adam turned out to be a really cool character. I thought that, like, wow. You know, and uh, at one point uh, in the beginning is Lubu versus Thor. That's pretty funny. You know, this whole, the whole mythology, they have, like, a whole alternate mythology behind Thor and his weaponry, which is ridiculous. Like, it's really over-the-top ridiculous. It, it almost was, makes me want to say it has elements of One Punch Man in, ty- in terms of like, wow, really, my G? That's that's where we're at with it? Because, uh, yeah. I mean, that's how you do it, man. If you're going to animate five gods that my G, already exist, they, right. they, you can only go one direction. And you can't, it cannot go, go without saying that they have spent substantial budget on the titties. Yeah, fan bro, service. Aphrodite. Fan service rules bro, all transla- or all manga that gets ad- adapted. Aphrodite's titties have two animated statues, one for each breast, just to maintain them while she while she flaunts herself throughout Talk to the these episode. Niggas. I'm that, like, wow, fucking right, really, fucking right. National bro. treasures. <laughs> I was like, they didn't, they they had to go all the way over the top. But National yeah, treasures. Because that wasn't even in the manga. That was purely in the anime side. You feel me? The two because animated statues. Cupping each breast constantly. I'm like, all right, my G. It is best appreciated in a in a digital format. You know what I'm saying? Or, yeah. Or a moving format. They definitely uh someone was inspired there. They were definitely inspired at that point. <laughs> but um yeah, nah, uh Zeus, Odin represented heavily. But the uh yeah, the, the lineup for men was was very intriguingly and interestingly uh uh created, you know, the the lore and mythology. And uh, Buddha is in it, and they haven't shown him in the anime yet, but he's in the manga. But yeah, highly recommend watching that on Netflix. It's a great little 12 episodes to watch. It leaves on the most epic cliffhanger, because why not, right? Why not cliffhanger a nigga? It always does. <laughs> it always will, unless it ends. It's the only way it's not ending. And the, an- the, the manga's ongoing, so th- this show probably has a substantial amount of time before it wraps. That's to say the least. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it's going to keep on going. It that's seems usually how that goes, my friend. That's yeah, that was that, that's their goal. That, they that's the standard. They, uh, they engineered it that way. That's, that's how that stuff works. Most of those mangas are long in general. Yeah, but I, I was really surprised that... But it's the grapp- the grappler Baki vibes that I should have known. Like, yeah, now nah, they're going to take this first tournament like at least three seasons. This first tournament is going to be at least three seasons. I don't see this wrapping up no time soon. But yeah, because they, yeah, they, they got four four fights out of 13 and or no, I'm sorry, three fights out of 13 in 12 episodes. What's funny is like, it's adorable. You think that after the 13 people are defeated, the anime is over. Mm mm. 
Definitely not because you got sore losers. Niggas got to come back. Descendants of niggas got to come back. It's come not on, even man. that. That's that's just how that's just how um serialized manga that turns in. That's just how they usually end up are like those things. That's just one arc, and that's like a third of the overall universe that you're seeing. That usually ends up being like that. Yeah, I'm here for it. I like what they were building so far. Yeah, moving on to that. Let's hit some of the topics. Um, we got E3. Yeah, let's go ahead and get that out of the way because there, it, it wasn't exactly a ton. There were, E3 was 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 relatively slim pickings when it's when it comes to like new game uh, or or new information on games. They had some interesting new cinematics. So the big names that that wrapped up were Capcom and Nintendo in the remaining days uh, between last we 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 spoke. Uh, Capcom had a decent showing. They have uh, uh, Monster Hunter Stories, which is an RPG I'm interested in checking out, coming to to Switch. But other than that, there wasn't a whole lot going on. They had a lot of playable demos for things that had been announced, which was nice. Um, but nothing that really caught too much of my eye. Uh, I did. They they finally did get the uh, well, Sony got the playable demo for Strangers of Paradise up, which man, that game looks really interesting, man. For for a Soulsborne game. I've never been more intrigued, and the fact that they're they're bolstering it with Final Fantasy lore, I'm gonna have to try my hand in it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to try my hand, and I mean, not until I get a PS5, but and I think it's due end of the year. I want to say, like it's not, it's not very far off. But that yeah, is saw, gonna be the next big pushes for the Christmas shopping season. I would imagine so, right? Either that or first qu- quarter 2022. That's included. Yeah. Right. So um I thought I don't know. I watched the demo several times through different people playing it um of different skill levels and it looked really good. I obviously do not have a PS5 so I did not play it, but I don't know. I saw people who were who were uh very critical of it and I don't know. It it their critique of it didn't seem to land true. It I understand they didn't like it, which is completely fine as a if you're a traditional Final Fantasy player, this is definitely outside of the typical wheelhouse but it was feature rich like it had job progression it had weapons it had skill progression like it had a it had a substantial amount in just a demo um the combat seemed very like competent for for the for the game style it did seem like there was some stuff that they needed to fill out but that's just i mean it was an hour and a half worth of game time and what yeah, and what I can imagine would be a 10-hour game. Is that out of hand for a Soulsborne game? I'm not sure. What I've the never typical. played any of those games. Neither have I, so well, I don't I'm, know what the... I've never beaten is. any of those games. But 10 hours has got awfully low. I'd hope it's longer than that. I, yeah, I really don't know because I'm thinking like action RPGs, right? Like you could beat a Devil May Cry in 10 hours? Nah, action RPGs is like 20 hours. Okay, I'll give it that. And so, yeah, an hour and a half out of 20, 20 hours, I don't expect you to get a full, full breadth and width of the of the gameplay um especially not something that's supposed to be uh based off an rpg progression you know what i mean like halfway through the game you gotta unlock your unawakened state and have a whole new set of skills right no i mean anything that involves classes involves grinding you know what i'm saying if it involves jobs it involves grinding so yeah so a lot of the critiques i i heard were based on uh dialogue which was definitely not fully localized I mean, the dialogue was bad. That's yes, funny. I get it. But on a game that is 
obviously based in another language that you know is going to have to go through a full localization process. You know, I'm I'm very I personally give it leeway because I don't expect them to to spend all of the money to get top notch uh, uh, translation on just their demo. Yeah, by, by its nature, it's unfinished. Yeah, it, thank you. That's exactly my point. It's by its nature, it's unfinished. So you know, give it that much. So from what I saw, I was very pleased with it. I'm going to try it when I get a PS5. Um, I also did see a lot of gameplay from Intergrade, which was recently released. Um, that's not a part of E3. But also Final Fantasy related, and boy, does that man Yuffie's gameplay looks amazing. True. Yeah, dude, they're expanding on the Final Fantasy VII remake. Uh, you played through it, right? Mm-hmm. Oh man, the next one's gonna be so good, bro. Like, you did you enjoy it? Did you like what they did with the with the gameplay style? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, they're about to take it to the next level because the way Yuffie plays is completely unique, and I don't know if they're planning on putting more. Uh, sections where you don't have a playable partner, but your partner interacts with you in combat. But that looked really well implemented. I would probably enjoy that because not for nothing, I would appreciate if my partner's AI was just smarter and I didn't have to switch <laughs> to them to get them to do stuff. Because Yo, I that really is one like of my biggest gripes in video games, bro. Like, what's the point of putting an AI in there on my side if that motherfucker's worse than the fucking AI that we're fighting? You know what I'm yeah. saying? And they just end up being they end up being a part of the difficulty because now you gotta carry their stupid ass too. I will say this about the Final Fantasy VII remake AI. They default uh block a lot. So I'm at least they keep themselves alive. <laughs> they block a lot. And so th- at least when you get to them, they've been blocking so much that their ATB Mar is full, and so you get to That's use some funny. shit. That's the only benefit that I really see from the AI in that game. Otherwise, it's relatively um it's not the worst, but it's I, definitely not I don't not really remember having any problems with it. Man. Yeah, it's I definitely banked not the worst. that game with the exception of like the challenges that I didn't. Nah, I'm not oh, really man. interested. In yeah, no, like the normal mode. mode is very, very easy. You feel me? I'm, I'm only interested in um, I'm interested in like the story and shit. I'm not really interested in frustrating myself for minor rewards that aren't fucking amazing. It's gonna change my gameplay options. And and my biggest fear is that um, and that's one thing I hated about like um games like world of warcraft because they would they would hide the the actual story lore behind the the more difficult uh raid settings so you couldn't get the full lore of of any given raid without beating it on mythic and i was like really you know i need 25 four other motherfuckers to do this shit and so yeah it it was super frustrating so i i i always try to go to the hardest difficulty i can just to make sure that i don't miss out on any story because that's what i'm here for but yeah, I don't think that they do that. I don't. I don't think they did it in Yakuza, and I don't think they did it in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Nah, I mean, if they don't specifically state it, you feel me? Most likely, the extra difficulty is just artificial padding. Mm. Just moms with more health and you with less health and options. And moms with evasion. Fuck out of here. Feel me? That's some bullshit. <laughs> I'm always gonna complain about that. But anyway, yeah. And then you had um Nintendo showing, which Nintendo probably had the most professional showing but they also um were the biggest assholes about it because most of the <laughs> the streams had dmca uh friendly versions where they would they would uh in that particular stream any music that was copyrighted would be muted <laughs> um, Yo, y'all doing the most right now said but it's nintendo serious nintendo. Oh, no. well no 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 no, no. <laughs> nintendo had that, that was not nintendo most other like ninety nine percent of whoever is doing streams. that, it's not that serious. Well, it is because the streamers, like for any streamer who's commenting on it, which actually helps their views, 
you know, it sucks to have your stream demonetized because they chose to play some music. So it, it was a nice streamer-friendly thing to do. Okay. Nintendo one-upped them and said, streamers, don't even stream our stream. Don't stream our stream. It's all DMCA'd, and we're not taking it down. <laughs> and I was That's like, damn, sad. that was savage. Yeah, I, they I was like, wow. Friend. Yeah, no, they, they, they made no qualms about requesting that the streamer community do not stream their shit and just direct all traffic to the, the main website their, and their YouTube to, to, to stream. And I was like, huh, all right. Which, you know, I, it, of course, gamers, gamers, rather than just wait, you know, to boycott them, of course, all the stream, the gamers flooded their stream mm-hmm. and, and watched it, which, which is fine. Enough. I just waited. Yeah, I just waited, which is like, guys couldn't just wait. But okay, um, their their show was actually really good though. Um, they put a they put a lot of effort into it, and uh, they put they they showed a lot of shit that I was personally intrigued by. Um, they have a new side scrolling Metroid, which actually is really really intriguing to me. Nice. I, I, I it's funny because there's a lot of game styles that over the years I have been very uh, I I've evaded them. I've evaded them. Uh, I'm I'm a lot more willing to try. And the side-scrolling Metroid game has been one that I was never really... I never had a flavor for when I was younger. So as I got older, I didn't really feel the retro feel. But now that I'm getting more into side-scrolling retro gaming, I'm, it looks really fun. And I'm, and they seem to be putting a lot, of, uh, make, uh, a lot more uh, contemporary features into these games. They were like, guys, people are making our game in different skins and it's getting successful. Why can't we do that? So yeah, they finally uh, decided to step into the arena, and so <laughs> they, they had created. Metroid Dread. Yeah, pretty much. Like <laughs> they were, they were on the top of that 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 genre for its entire beginning, birth, and first generation, second generation, third generation. We're on like the tenth generation now. But um, they uh they showed that they had uh Shin Megami Tensei Five, Saw which that. looked amazing. Definitely gonna get into that. That looks like a really good RPG to jump into. And uh, Breath of the Wild 2, which they were trolling everyone. They kept showing like little <laughs> minor things. There. And their last thing is, and they would show some bullshit. And they go, our other last thing is, and they showed another like a little game and watch that had Zelda games on it. And they're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, and don't forget we have uh, Breath of the Wild 2 funny. footage, which looked really cool. I'm looking forward to getting into that game as well. Breath of the Wild 2 looks like they're trying to, to add a lot of innovation to the Zelda, um, the Zelda gameplay uh format that they've made and i don't think anyone has really to uh come close to doing what zelda has done with the action rpg in its in its lane you know what i mean because you had darksiders which was an attempt but they actually decided in darksider 3 like to scrap that whole and went (laughs) fucking top-down roguelite you know what i mean and because nobody could do it like zelda like they just married that style and world into a really great blend and Nintendo has refused to let go of the chokehold on that lane, which I'm glad to see that they're bringing more innovation, innovation to it, especially after the shitty monetization of Skyward Sword. But you know, what are you going to do? Nintendo going to Nintendo. (laughs) So yeah, they had a really good show, but that was pretty much the long and short of E3 for somebody who's into RPG gaming, at least because that was pretty much all I was looking for. But yeah, other than that, I didn't see too much on the fighting game front. Um, I mean, yeah. they just dropped. Um, they just dropped a new Guilty Gear. That's Guilty Gear Strive it. looks really great. So I saw that dropped, and so I was like, "Hey, you know what? 
let me get into the Guilty Gear lore real quick. My G, what a fucking rabbit hole, man. Mm-hmm. That's like at least two and a half hours, Bro, three hours. The main of... character's name is so bad guy. And, right? they, and they explain that. <laughs> oh, everyone's <laughs> name is explained, man. Like, so bad guy. That should let you know the kind of shit you're diving into. And boy, man, it is a crazy story, which I which I enjoyed. Um, it seems like after three, it got retconned. But like, and and like retcon, retcon. It wasn't like Street Fighter where they just started writing different stories for, and then was like, oh, this is canon, this is not canon, and then went back to the main storyline later on in the series. No, no, no. no. Flashpoint that they shit. retconned every time that there was a change. They were like, no, no, no we gotta, we gotta make this canon. All right, yep. Flashpoint. Fix that shit. Fuck out of that shit. Yep. So yeah, the Guilty Gear story all that was shit, crazy. I mean, it's funny. All the, all if you've been around long enough as a video game, everybody's done it. If actually, if you had a title. Long enough, you you have to do it to update your title every once in a while. You got to cut and consolidate. Yep. You got to prune right. your bonsai. <laughs> so, yeah, let's go ahead and get into some topics, man, because we've been rapping about a bunch of other shit. Um, so you brought this one to my attention, which I thought was hilarious, and I had to look into it because I was like, no way. And that is the the controversy behind the marketing between, uh, behind Masters of the Universe. Yeah. Which, if you're not familiar, <laughs> Masters of the Universe is the is the um, lore behind He-Man. And so Kevin Smith is rebooting it. And so they recently released a trailer for the reboot. It looks cool. Looks pretty dope. Looks real trailer cool. Trailer looks fucking epic. And I was like, wow, all right, go Kevin Smith. But then evidently... It was leaked somehow. How how did the leak come out? Uh, apparently, um, there's a YouTube channel called Clownfish TV, and they know someone who's an industry insider, and they said that they've seen the scripts and stuff like that. And they were like, "Don't get your hopes up, guys. This is not a He-Man show." Despite what the um, they were basically just saying, "Brace yourself," because despite what the trailer shows, it's not a He-Man show. Uh, He-Man gets sidelined early in the game, and the rest of the season is about Tila discovering uh something about her past. And pretty much it's her hero's journey. And that's basically what the um the synopsis, like the Netflix synopsis about this, the, the show says as well. Okay. And oh, then, so the synopsis at least, <clears throat> it, it was has it always said that or? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Where, where the synopsis is, has always said that, right? But, <laughs> you know, you definitely they don't came get out that. with a trailer that said essentially something different. And then. And Kevin so when Smith you said that, I went, went back and watched the trailer and I was like. That was a cool trailer, but you absolutely do not get the 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 idea that Tila is the main character. Yeah, that she's a prominent even fixture she, in any way. Hell no. Even if even if she's a prominent character, you don't you don't imagine that He Man is being sidelined. Hell no. Which honestly, I'm actually here for that storyline, but you might want to give people who have expectations a little bit of a heads up because we all understand how toxic the fans are going to be. Yeah. When it He-Man comes, fans. Like appears. literally He-Man, like these are misogynists. Like the guy's name is He-Man. You know, he was written in a time when misogyny was cool. <laughs> you know, we could love him and what he stands for and all that stuff. But we also do have to recognize that. Yeah, dude, he was made to stoke the furnaces of boy power. And it's like, all right, guys, at least be mindful of the audience. Because I'm absolutely here for Kevin Smith to reimagine that storyline that way. And and I can imagine him bringing some crazy heavy metal twist to it. Because you, if you know that's similar to the storyline of heavy metal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, dude, I could see this happening in a really cool way. Um, but yeah, no, that was very misleading, that, that, uh, that trailer. And the worst part was the damage. 
like it always is. It's the fucking damage control because you end up saying shit that you don't <laughs> that you don't you're not you're not supposed to say because he's saying like oh I haven't seen any theories online that even remotely come close to what's going the what happened what happens in the show and the show is absolutely about he man type shit and I'm like all right man like. You do know that they're going to release that to us, right? In like a few dude, weeks. Dude, like, I, I just don't understand people's desire to delude themselves on the mic. Like, do that shit. I mean, that's no not him. That's you. the corporate line. That's oh, He has man. to do that. That's the corporate line. Like, you can't say anything bad about the movie, like, right around its launch. Because if it loses money, they can literally be like, look, he said this and we lost X amount of projected revenue. <sighs> so it's that dude's fault specifically for saying this thing you know what i'm saying so his i think his best recourse would have either to been straight up honest a or well, b a, say nothing thinking. at all you know what okay. I'm saying? exactly i think that those are probably the, the cor- two or better ways to go have somebody else deliver the corporate line have your yeah, yeah, thank you that's what i'm saying like, you got a publicist for <laughs> exactly but though unfortunately that would have had the same effect because everybody would have been I, like, yo, he can't even stand up for the shit that he but, did. I mean, but at least that, at least showing shame shows that you acknowledge what you what True. was going on. True. Because a lot of people are I, like, yo, you just going to stand on that much, E? You just, just going to sit there and lie to my face much? Like, a lot of people and, are and mad about And I'm not that person. That I'm not going to beat someone down who's clearly showing shame for what they did. You know, because it's not like he actually like, committed fraud or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's a misleading trailer. It's not like he actually, you know, fucked up the game or something. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm willing to, like, chill. I, I thought it wasn't a great move, but standing on it the Same, way he is, yeah. is only going to dig himself a yep. grave, in my opinion. And it's pretty much like, what's really funny is it's causing fans, you know, but fans are out will. of control, bro. It's causing fans to look, go, dig into his history and shit. Because uh, he was why? saying, like, why? He was saying in the promo tour, <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm a big fan of He Man. He's saying in the promo tour, and people are digging up a tweet from 2010 where he was like, oh, I just got into He Man at this con. It's pretty awesome. So people are like, you're claiming to be a, f- a fan of He Man, but you just picked it up recently. What like, you, that, you said 2010? Yeah, that's what I said. That's I 11 like, that's years ago. ago. Like, like you know Jesus, I mean? how long did it be a, a fan? Hey, like man. 11 years is pretty substantial. When you piss the internet off, they go deep, dog. Like, like if you're not a day, oh, so I'm not a fan unless I'm a day one. So I'm not a fan unless I was fucking with He Man since the 70s. You feel me? Wow. That's more or less what they're saying because, yeah. That's deep. Like, niggas really need to think about that shit. Like, yo, this, man. your take is real deep right now, bro. The internet is upset about this. <laughs> that's crazy. They're like, we already have a Tila show, we wanted a He Man show. How could but see, you, you know do what? this to I us? I also didn't know there was a, a Tila show, which is also kind of like, just, just just say what you're doing, bro. And yeah, that's my ultimate take on it, too. Yeah, because and, you know, and, and even if so, like I I'm wanting I'm going to shoot him more bail because I fuck with Kevin Smith. <laughs> I'm going to say that maybe he thought that he was going to pull like a surprise, like he was doing it as marketing. He was doing it, I guess. I mean. <laughs> But more productive than that. You know what I mean? Not like a Shyamalan choice. works. Yeah, you know what One I mean? Like, works. oh yeah, build it up, get He-Man, get, give you a little taste, and then show a new twist on the He-Man and build this new character up and then build it up for the second season where it's not a buddy cop thing I mean, or something. Apparently that's what it is, right? Because uh, apparently from the old He-Man lore, it was always either hinting to that, that she was the daughter of the, the evil sorceress. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that um, she finds out and she explores in this one. So yeah, like I get it, and I think that that's cool. But and 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 even it's just maybe it wasn't it wasn't placed well. Like 
you didn't you didn't next level the marketing because you yeah, thought about the first level of the marketing was like, ha, watch this, build their anticipation, but in the show, give them an arc that subverts that and ha, build some suspense because now they don't know what's gonna happen, wrap it up real good, make them salivate for season two, and then give them more of what they want and with the He-Man bring it in. I all that that's that's first level marketing right there. They could have the also next level made is, is two trailers, right? You're, you're, like they made a He-Man centric trailer. They could have made a Tila centric trailer. And you know what I'm saying? That that I feel like th- that could have smoothed it over a lot better too. Because then you could be like, see guys, we're just kind of going through the themes of who's gonna be in the show. I mean, even if you want to try to subvert it that way, but yeah, you gotta think to the next level you're marking, all right. Yeah. Like now, is my audience gonna be receptive to that? Yeah. That's what got me. I was like, in this day and age, you you you're surprised the internet reacted the this ad- way? The ad- and and I'm sitting here and I was about to say something and as soon as I said it in my head I was like nope you're wrong I was about to say the adult members of the audience might be okay with that kind of marketing but I'm like no it's pretty much only adults like no kids fuck with he man like it's all adults <laughs> doing this dumb shit so what am I talking about like you'd think that the adults would actually be kind of like you know ingratiated by a more complex storyline but nope these are adults who are partaking in a very childish fantasy and so yeah you really Yo, you just gotta keep it me baseline. peanut butter, my nigga, and you're bringing up chocolate right now. I'm not even cool with that. You brought me that. What did you bro? You brought me Nutella, nigga. Pretty much. You brought me Nutella, <laughs> nigga. <laughs> Fuck out of here, But it's healthy. Bro. It's good for you. But yeah, so I thought that that was crazy. But I, I hope I hope that doesn't mar the entire project. Yeah, L- I'm luckily I I don't have any connection to He Man beyond the um, the ludicrous freestyle. I'm gonna give it a fresh eye and, and memes. So, yeah, like, yeah, I, I'm willing. To, if it's a good story, I'm willing to watch it. I don't really give a fuck like that. Yep. I don't care about it. I ain't got no dog in the He-Man or Tila fight. Hmm. I did also see that Metal Gear Solid and Gundam are getting movie adaptations. Nice. Coming from Jordan Vaught-Roberts. I don't I know think, who that is, but that's cool. Oh, what are you, Check him out real quick, because he's, he's done something. He's done a lot of really popular stuff, and I'm, I can't believe I'm blanking on it. Um... But he's pretty established in the industry. But I think doing two adaptations like this, if he lands both of these movies in rapid succession, he's going to set up a a little dynasty for himself because that's those are two really big properties. Oh, nice. He directed Kong Skull Island. Kong Skull Island. And that's and that's the movie that made me say, (laughs) you know what? I think I fuck with this guy's direction, and I would love to see a, a a Metal Gear Solid movie with that kind of with that kind of direction. I totally see that. I would love to see a Metal Gear Solid movie in general. Yeah. Do that shit. So I'm super excited to Film see movie. what he does with that, and then a Gundam movie. Now, and like a I, live action Gundam movie. I, uh, that's what I'm thinking because I don't. I didn't say anything about animated. That's crazy expensive. Oh man, can you imagine? It's, well, it's I mean, animated regardless. You feel me? They did. I mean, because yeah, you got to be in space. You got to do Hell all that yeah. shit. That's wild expensive. So I'm excited. I'm excited. And if he does a good job, I think that uh, Mr. Vaught uh, is setting himself up to to be a luminary because that's like, man, if you hit that, then you what? Pro- you could start requesting projects at that point. If you do Metal Gear Solid and Gundam. Adaptation movies, yeah, and, do, and they and hit. make them good. Oh yeah, my goodness, sure. bro! Can you imagine oh, shit. having two shit? Okay, shits? Oscar Isaac is solid snake. I see you. you don't that, got the voice for it, but I'm with the casting. I'll fuck bro, with Oscar. I I am very 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 excited to see what he does with these two movies, man. Because 
those are two IPs that I honestly consumed most of those games for the stories. I would have much yeah. preferred to watch them as movies. For sure. Metal Gear is a pretty sick-ass story. Yeah, man. And I wonder which Gundam he's going to do, because there's so many oh, There's so many good ones, and there's so much depth to Gundam. They're like, And that's the best part, is that there's, there's enough drama in Gundam to where you don't have to make a movie with all Gundams. That's true. You, you yeah. can the really, world is well enough defined that you can make your own series and not really touch on anything. Or just, or concrete. you can just do the Gundams you can afford. Like if you can afford <laughs> like two or three good scenes with Gundams in your eight episode miniseries, just give me two or three really good Gundam seasons and then focus hard on those other drama scenes, and I will be happy. And I mean, I'm not I gonna mean, try I to tell like them. I feel like now that I think about it, I feel like I'm tripping about the price because they've been doing Transformers for years, right? But it's so, or if it's a movie. Transformers are a live action movie, you know. Yeah. And they had pretty good robots yeah. from back in the day. So. And there was space, yeah, representations. So, uh, they, and... they should be able to pull that off. They they should be able to do that pretty lit. So I don't yeah. know. I'm actually kind of excited for that. That's that's be. I'm. Uh, I wonder what series. Wonder what. This, what storyline, or if they're gonna cool, go with yeah. a new storyline? Cool, yeah. One that hasn't been represented yet, even. So that would be cool. I mean, that's pretty much all that's been going on in the entertainment sphere. So I guess we'll. Did you hear about the um the vibes cartel controversy? Uh, a new controversy with Mr. Vibes <laughs> Cartel. Word yeah. by oh, did you see he turned he turned he turned Christian and that's him the one. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't call him word boss no um, more. There's only one word boss. So there's been hey, an official hey. statement released from Vibes that it was just like, yo, I ain't got nothing to repent for because I'm innocent. It's wow. insulting for the church to think that. There, uh, it's something for them to try, think that religion is salvation for people in prison when we can't even get proper facilities or running water, much less water if you come baptize people. Wow, blood seed, yo. So I'm never turned Christian, I'm sorry. No, it, apparently, or I'm turned Christian, but never did need if you see him. No, apparently, this is the second time that same letter is circulating around. That oh, it's, it's just, just some someone, bullshit, someone is doing it, right? And so. This it, it's popped up. Um, this is like, like 2017 to, that it's coming. Run around with, as, or such a dumb rumor to start. You feel me? So he's making it. So when he made, the, and also people were like, it's probably not him because it didn't come from his official uh, Instagram or any of his official. But I never um, did believe thing. it. That's why I never bring it up because yo, come on. I, I that I just thought the response to it was funny. His official response was. Oh, his official. Was, I never even funny seen this. I didn't even look for his official response because from that I heard it first time, hilarious. I was like. Boy, no, you know what they think say, even if Vibes did say that, it was purely for for his parole board. It right, was purely I was, that, for the parole board. That's what I said too. I was just like, this nigga must have a review with like two yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and he's just trying to get out. He want to get them free conjugals. But I like how my nigga put that shit in there. It was like, yo, don't don't bring me into your bullshit. I ain't got nothing to repent for, my nigga. I am innocent. Jeez, fucking vibes. But yeah, man. All right, so let's move into some of the more depressing topics because, you know, we always have to hit the social and political topics and those are never as uplifting as I would like them to be. I can't wait, man. I want to do this podcast long enough to where we can get to the point where the majority of the of the political topics are ones of progress. <laughs> we'll all be dead and gone by that time. Right, you have, a, you have some sort of extra dimensional ability or something like that? I don't know. Man. Somewhere along the timeline, we're gonna get the ability to jump between dimensions, and that's how we're gonna er- arrive to that. By state. any means necessary, we're gonna see a better world. By any that's means necessary, silly. I will time travel if I have to. I will dimension hop. But yeah, now nah. moving on. So 
Did you hear what's going on in Texas that uh, they want to build their own wall? Governor Abbott in Texas. I mean, the la- the, they've been working so well so far, you know what I mean? The Berlin Wall, fucking that, that worked out really well. Well, just the fucking border wall. Let's just put it this fucking way. idiots. If there's no border wall in Texas yet, after they had a president and a population that both supposedly want a border wall, then there's clearly something else other than that that's holding it up. The fact that they ran with all the money on the first attempt to build a border wall should probably tell you that it, it, the, the president stole your money, man. But that is also what tells me that this is the new best scam to jump it on. It is. Exactly. You feel me? They know for sure that these people will waste money and give them money for this wall that will never get built. And, and niggas wonder why I just don't go to Texas. They wonder why they like like my dad. Like I'm sorry, Kason, you're my dog. I will never probably visit you in your home though, because you live in Texas. And I unless you got guns for me when I land, I'm not gonna be in Texas uh, unarmed. Yo, they just passed a a law to fucking let everyone walk around unlicensed with a concealed. Yo, everybody's Yosemite Sam. Bro, I'm I'm straight, and it's not even like you know what I mean. In like most sane places, where even though the law says you can have a gun, they don't. Particularly, right, carry the people them. are like rational. To yeah, like, oh, that's a little extreme. We yeah, do like that. I don't need a gun. No, the people in Texas are like, now nah, we're gonna have our guns <laughs> just in case. I'm like, just in case of what? Like, what are you waiting for? For real though, like my chance to be a hero. Career. So yeah, so 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 the people of Texas now, uh, or I don't know if the people of Texas want this, but the governor of Texas is now trying to drum up support to build to 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 sequester federal funds yes. to build their border wall. And I'm like, no, dude, <laughs> you want to take 250 million of taxpayer money to do this shit? Like, are you crazy? You're fucking out of your mind. And then and then of course that just becomes a pretext for them to start the private donations. Yep. So the, the the federal request for money is just the legitimization for the private request. They know they're not going to get that federal money because the federal money wasn't doled out the first time, not because the, the president didn't want it to and the, the Congress didn't want to, because the private owners of the land weren't going to let it pass. There was no way for them to eminent domain the land to build the wall, and so they were forced to downgrade the wall into whatever the private owners of that land were willing to allow to be built there. So it's just a scam. And they're using the federal government to legitimize the scam, knowing fully well that they'll never get that money appropriated. But it allows them to start the private uh, 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 fundraising to get money from the public. And so they can now start funneling money that way to the to the uh, to the um, to the uh, political establishment in Texas. And it's like, yo. Man, American politics is so trash, man. Like, even at the governor level, like, so federal government, deadlocked. Clearly nothing's happening. (laughs) Yo, Biden has been the biggest disappointment ever. So it's clearly a bipartisan effort to do fucking shit all in our government. So on on, on the state level, on the governor's level, the highest level of state government, we got scams galore running. The governors are running scams on the public, okay? That's what we got going on there. You know, and I, I'm not saying all of them, but we got 50 states. I would say a substantial, at least half of them are running scams. Because that's how you get places like Kansas. You know, Kansas, their governor is running scams on them. Running straight scams. And and if they're not running scams, they're selling out to the financial industry, which is just another Ponzi scheme. But anyway, so you got that. Now you go down to the fucking next level of government, which would be your city governments. So you're looking at mayors. And now you have the mayors who were sold out 
in, in the entirety to police unions. So that whole level of governance is corrupted. Down to the down to the mayors, dude. You can't trust that your mayors serve the people. The mayors serve the police unions. They are paid and appointed by police unions. Every single one of them. That is how the American city is structured. If you don't believe me, look at your budget. Look at your city's budget and tell me that clearly, obviously where the most where the majority of the money goes to is the largest constituency being served by your city. And so, yes, most cities, they serve the police. So you have your mayoral level of, of government corrupted. So where the fuck do you actually get any effective governance anymore in this country? Like, I, man, like how, how does the, how is this empire not collapsing? Excuse me, not collapsing already. It is or collapsing. More, it's just collapsing slowly. You got to watch the next episode of Primal. You got to watch the next episode of Primal because that's what I would have imagined, like, you see this huge brachiosaurus, this plagued beast just dying and thrashing. And I, and, and that's what I expect, a more violent. Uh, and, and I guess I shouldn't say more violent because it's getting violent. Yo, the militarization in the street is crazy. Speaking of which, so I'm looking at what's going on in Minneapolis and Portland right now. And let me tell you, this is some Gestapo shit, my niggas. Yo, it is bad, bad. Yo, talk about the police state. We definitely are absolutely in a stage one police state. Absolutely. And they did it so quietly. They're so smart. They did it so quietly. And it's because they convinced the majority of the population that the police would never be turned on them. And it's like, yo, my G, yes, they will be. because And, and they purposely allowed the police to be comprised mostly of people not in the middle class of people who come from poorer backgrounds so that they will not relate to the middle class. They will actually have animosity to those people because they'll see them as people who have been living the dream that they have been excluded from so so fervently for most of their lives. And so it's a very, very... And, and I absolutely refuse to believe this is by accident. I absolutely believe don't believe this is by accident. Because the, the, the people who who are, are overseeing... So when I say the people, it's... It's a coordinated effort. It's a cultural coordinated effort. So like when you see, you know, waves and trends, that's a coordinated cultural effort. No one sits down and talks about it, but people grasp onto these cultural ideas and perpetuate them throughout society. And this is a, a, this idea of being passive towards the police and also these these unspoken class diversity issues that are never really discussed. In, in American society, they, they're engineered because society is engineered. You know what I mean? Like nothing just randomly pops up in society. That's not how it works anymore. We, we, we don't live in the 1700s. We live in a very progressed, structured society where most of these things are, are, are perpetrated on us through the engineering, through our governance, you know, through also private partnerships. It used to be less private partnerships, more so now because of their taking over of things like social media and their ability to disseminate information. But, you know, it we, we really have to, to understand that, you know, the people who overarchingly spread these ideas do so in a coordinated way. And so the idea that the people who employ and empower the police also don't have a hand in, in their hiring practices and they don't do so mindful of the outcomes of what will happen from who they're hiring. 
is crazy because every business does that. Every business screens the people they hire because they want certain traits and certain types of people because they believe that will be most effective at executing their, their mission statement or their goal. And so, yeah, that's, that is why we get the outcomes we do because, you know, the people who, who are responsible for establishing the police and empowering them hired them for a particular goal and it wasn't to keep you safe. I'm sorry. But once once these these institutions become arms of 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 finance and all of these these moneyed interests, yeah, you're you're not their interest, you know. Maintaining their power, that they're that's the second interest, you know. The people who pay them primarily, secondarily, maintaining their own societal power, and maybe somewhere in the top ten, your safety might come into it, but I doubt it. I doubt it. I, I'm pretty sure they can find eight other things that they care about more than your safety. <laughs> and so, yeah, you know, the military, it really is distressing to see how close, to, like, how prevalent the, the military state in this country is. And, like, there's no escaping it. You know what I mean? Like, are there places accepting American refugees? And if there's anyone who should be considered American refugee, I think all African Americans should be allowed to claim that status or people who have been naturalized in the American society. Yeah. Because this shit isn't safe and, and it's going to get to a point where it's really, really, you can't live outside of the purview of this. It was like, there was a point where you can genuinely live separately of it. But now if you want to leave your house, you're going to be subject to some kind of outside authority that was not elected, that you had no hand in choosing that doesn't have your best interest in mind and is probably all is probably gaining and utilizing your information to begin with. You know what I mean? Like these people are extracting resources from you, you know, through whatever means through social media and all of this stuff. And then on top of that, they're imposing their will on you. It's a really fucked up system. And so, yeah, that shit very bothersome. You know, you look at what's going on around the world. Look at fucking Israel. They have a, they're supposed to have a ceasefire in, in, in the Gaza. And they've been fucking uh, still uh, running raids on the mosques and people's homes to the point where they've been destroying homes. And the people who, who live in those homes, they're like, oh, fuck it. We'll, we'll send bombs on balloons over to you. How about that? Fuck you guys. Like, and, and I hate the American media so much because they will never, ever, ever frame what the uh, what a few Palestinians are doing, which is ultimately hugely ineffective as a response to what Israel is doing. And no, I don't hold it. Yo, if you ran, if, if you ran a bulldozer through my house and I was sitting at home bored and all, and I had nothing to literally nothing to do because you also blew up all the other buildings that I could possibly be employed from. You, you've, you've disenfranchised everyone in my community and we literally like only have the most basic of tasks that we can still commit to to keep ourselves alive i'm not gonna fault you if you tie a fucking bomb to a balloon because it's not like you're in this squalid position because of your own personal malfeasance someone did this to you someone enacted this to you and no it's not just well do something constructive with your life like, it's a really fucked up pejorative way to try to frame it. And American media loves doing this to the Palestinian people. And it really is disgusting. You know what I mean? Like, Israel has so disproportionately, like, committed genocide. And, and 
even if you're not gonna even if you're not gonna uh validate the existence of the Palestinians, lionizing genocide is a is just not. Like I I I think that they would be better off with their benign neglect than to actually propagandize for Israel. You know, just just don't say shit. <laughs> don't say shit. But propagandizing behind that, I think that one's an extra bad look. That's an extra bad look because we can definitely get the like that one's a pretty clear and cut like, hey, if you if you want to claim the Israeli state, that's fine. But the Israeli state still doesn't have the right to steal homes. There's no state in any country that has the right to just steal homes because they have not presented anything to the international court that says that these people shouldn't be on the land. They're just saying that they want it. And so, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's it's a it's a scary reflection uh, of what you can see perpetrated on a public based on any number of reasons. You know, we really got to to think deeply about what this whole nation state governance is producing around the world because it's not producing democracy and freedom. I think we've 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 passed away from that era. You know, in the past 20 years, we can effectively say that this whole nation state structure that we hold on to and think is so awesome, it hasn't been producing very great outcomes. At least not the way we've been doing it. Other countries have been doing it to better effect. You know what I mean? But they're also not countries that have huge bipolar populations. You know what I mean? Like there's extreme rights and extreme lefts in every country. But only in America do you have literally half the country believes in complete and utter fantasy. And the other half believes complete and utter lies. You know what I mean? Like you have... The, the literally half of the electorate that believes conspiracy theorists and, and, and utter fallacies and complete double talk and the, the most, you know, lie-ridden rhetoric ever, I think, produced. And then you have the other side that is just comfortably being lied to about all of the quote-unquote progress that's supposedly happening in this country. All the while, they're taking away voting rights, they're stripping away the actual tangible uh, rights that that minorities have and replacing them with symbolic gestures of like making Juneteenth a national holiday. You know what I mean? Like we got to we got to really think a little bit deeper about this idea of governance because it's it's not. You know what I mean? It what we're doing right now with this fake democracy in which all it's doing is getting closer and closer to authoritarian police states. I mean, we could keep saying that, oh man, we just need to go back to when it was working. We just got to fix the, 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 the voting system. We just got to fix, you know, the, the, the Congress. We just got to fix, instead of thinking, well, what's a better way for us to do this? Because this seems to, uh, we, we didn't come to this outcome through like violent revolution. Like this was a pretty natural progress of, of the politics that we've been enacting. You know what I mean? Yeah, unless we're just going to get rid of like the misinformation machine that's been polluting our politics and the finance machine that's been polluting our politics. Like, you know, unless we're actually going to deal with those things, we're not going to fix the politics that we have. So we should create a politics that's more resilient to those kind of outside influences. But I don't know. I don't think any anyone's really interested in getting that deep into to what their politics is. You know what I mean? Because that's what a real left would be. A real left politics 
would not be like trying to revitalize the shitty leftist ideal ideologies of the past. Like I'm not genuinely interested in reviving communism. I'm not interested in reviving, you know, socialism. I'm interested in thinking where can we go knowing what we know today that can generate an actual left democratic populist politic. You know what I mean? But you know, that's 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 just me. I'm I'm I would say that there's not a lot of genuine leftists out there who are really thinking about what we could do outside of capitalism. Like I don't understand how people could think could could think that this form of capitalism in its destructive state, we can just keep on pandering to it. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't make any any sense, but you know, then again, not a lot of it does make sense. So I can't I can't uh I can't claim to, to to have the answers, but I do genuinely think we should be trying to think about those answers, not about the current problem as as it stands. I think we have a pretty good hold on that. You know, we know what the problem is. Let's think deeply about the answers and what they could be, not just trying to 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 patch that problem. That's that's not gonna you know it's not gonna fix anything. Ultimately, in the end, at least. But yeah. All right, yeah, we'll we'll go ahead and wrap on that. We, we we've jabbered on enough about the depressing state of American politics. I appreciate everyone for joining us. You guys have been great. You can follow us on the social media. You can find me on Twitter at Cree underscore T and at Home Heron. You can also find me on on, on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast. And you can find me on Instagram at Rico underscore G Sound. And always remember, guys, time is only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Have a great one, guys. Thanks for joining us. Peace. Take it easy. Yeah.